Welcome to Thinking Edge with Ed Boudreaux. So I'm really happy to be here with you, Sandra. We're here today with Sandra Butler, and she's an incredible leader in Boston, but she leads, she's a senior manager of global business strategy for MGH, and they're launching uh, Springboard Studio, which we'd love to hear about in just a minute, but you're an incredible leader in the industry. You, you know, you have a background with Novartis and Dovetail Health and led Camtech as well. So we'd love to hear more about Camtech and, and where you've brought things with Springboard Studio. So I'd love to, love to know almost your background and history as well and, and what brought you here. How did you, how did you end up with Springboard Studio in that incredible innovation space? Sure, great. Well, thanks for having me. My career path has not been linear by any means. <laughs> so I started in D.C. in the global health space, international development foreign aid space, living in D.C. and then living overseas in Uganda for two years and was managing um, a USAID-funded grant addressing zoonotic outbreaks, so diseases that specifically transmit from animals to humans. And this was really the one of the U.S. government's investments abroad on the heels of bird flu and swine flu to try and mitigate um, and build capacity around disease transmission from humans to animals. Sorry, reverse that, animals to humans. Yep. And while, while managing that program, there were a number of things that I had a lived experience with that Camtech addresses, so I'll, I'll, get, I'll get there and tie it together. But I, I really, frankly, became pretty disenchanted with the grant-funded world and had a natural kind of gravitation, uh, personally, to a more business-minded approach and have market influences in how money was spent. I was responsible for managing a, a $28 million budget over there, and never once are we asked to calculate a return on investment. There are other data metrics, certainly, that we were calculating, but return on investment wasn't one of them. So I'm from the Boston area, and when I was leaving Uganda, I wanted to really hit three buckets, make a move home to Boston, remain in health, but be really open to what that looked like, recognizing that the DC industry and Boston's healthcare industry are very different. And I wanted to be really diligent about making a move to the private sector, because at that point, that had, it had become the, my grass is greener, and I wanted to test out, is that grass actually greener or not? And that's where I landed at Dovetail Health, and I landed on a biz dev team and had access to the exact type of skill sets I was seeking around brand strategy and market strategy and sales verticals that just don't exist in the grant-funded world. Dovetail Health works in medication adherence and sends pharmacists into the homes. It was also a totally new health category for me, if you will. I, I'm trained in public health and have a, have a master's in public health, but I've been primarily focused globally up till that point. And Optum was one of our major clients. So that was when I first discovered Optum and the enterprise of business units that you all have here and all the different services that you have. From there, I moved to Novartis Vaccines and joined a medical countermeasures team, specifically working on pandemic influenza. And so that was a really interesting counterpart to the um, policy and capacity building infectious disease response I was working on in Uganda to now work for a vaccine manufacturer, specifically around stockpiling and preparedness. So it was a true public-private partnership between Novartis, uh, which was spinning out this division to a company called Securus, and Health and Human Services, because there's truly, there's, there's no market for a company like Novartis, Securus, Sanofi, you name it, the vaccine manufacturers, to be selling their vaccines unless there's 
an outbreak, but from the government side, they need to have that resource ready, you know, at the level of hundreds of millions of doses. So they create the marketplace and Securus was manufacturing vaccines. So it was really fascinating. But while I was at Novartis, Securus, this role at Camtech came up. Uh, Camtech stands for the Consortium for Affordable Medical Technologies. And it's headquartered out of Mass General's uh, Center for Global Health. And it was really interesting to me because Camtech, Camtech's approach to global health really well aligned with my belief systems around sustainability. And so what Camtech was doing was really trying to foster entrepreneurship in low-resource settings, grounded in the data that upwards of 75% of medical equipment shipped into low-resource settings is non-functional within five years. So those become really expensive paperweights, when, and it's a design fail uh, and product market fit fail. I lived this in, a, in Uganda when I was working over there and living over there. Um, best of intentions with these donations, but what is designed for a European or U.S. market literally doesn't fit down to the plugs. The outlets don't fit. The power grid is unreliable. The you know, uh, spaces can be dusty and you need really, really, really clean, pristine environments for some of these machines. No one's trained on how to fix them. So we were trying, when they do breaks, we were trying to fly people in from Germany and that's not sustainable or right. <laughs> inexpensive. And so can't with Camtech's model, it's really grounded in when you ask people what makes their jobs unnecessarily difficult and we're in a healthcare specific lens, they can tell you. It's just a matter of access to resources to be able to build or design or have an outlet for these sort of um, design engagements. And so Camtech was founded eight years ago, really launching itself in the medtech hackathon space, which the minute you say the word hackathon now, you almost get a little bit of an eye roll. The market has changed and we recognize that. But eight years ago, medtech hackathons, particularly overseas, were really quite novel. And Camtech brought a co-creation approach to everything that it did. So ensuring you get folks in the room that are the subject matter experts. So your clinicians, your public health folks, your policy folks, engaging with engineers, designers, business experts, so that there's a really rounded viewpoint into these challenges. And when you bring non-traditional actors into a healthcare setting, they ask questions that we might not think to ask when you're living and breathing something every day. And so that was the, the start of it. With Camtech's programming, we built wraparound services along the way, recognizing that the hackathon was the spark, not the flames. You need to nurture that. Um, so we built an accelerator program, a mentor network with hundreds of mentors around the world engaging virtually through our platform and at our in-person events. And the results we think are really, really pretty incredible in that over 30 companies formed out of this network across three continents over 40 patents have been filed, and 23 of those companies have gone on to be cash flow positive. So we're, again, really trying to foster that, that entrepreneurship in low-resource settings. It's an incredible story, and I think it is to your almost career path. It's, it's nonlinear. Yes. And it almost seemed like an exponential growth in the fact that it seems like your hackathon, that you were pioneering sprint methodologies, actually. So turning hackathons into sprint methodologies that then led to co-creation and then, you know, not only solution or mark, you know, solution or product development, it's market development as well. So that product market fit is already built in from the start. So that's an incredible journey that's that's nonlinear and it's you are a pioneer 
eight years ago in creating this methodology. I think others were just trying to catch up. <laughs> so that's amazing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's been incredible is really this, so a year ago now, leadership at Mass General asked us, could you do hackathons here? Specifically in starting by addressing provider burnout. And we joked, the last thing you want to ask burned out providers to go to is a weekend hackathon where they have to volunteer their time. Um, but really, that doesn't fit this market, as you were saying, um, from a product market fit perspective. And so what we did do is modularize the inputs of Camtech's methodology and adapt them to fit within Mass General's workflow. So everything that we did at Camtech and do at Camtech is grounded in needs identification. The number one reason why startups fail is because they're solving a problem that no one has. So we spend a lot of time up front bringing folks from, again, a variety of backgrounds and disciplines to talk about this problem or challenge from their perspective. And so we translated that into the work we're doing at Mass General into what we call a We Solve Sprint. And it has the same components as, a, as the weekend medtech hackathon but again, modularized to fit within the MGH workflow. So it starts with a challenge articulation sprint where we have brought in folks from around the hospital and co-creation from the MGH lens, which has 26 departments, quite siloed, could be an oncologist talking to a pediatrician, for example, or a neurologist. And we're saying yes, and co-creation is also not having clinical folks, not having this only be clinical folks but we need designers and engineers and admins and case managers and the non-clinical teams in the room and patients. We've engaged with our patient family advocacy committee um, to have patients engage in these processes as well. So what we've done is started these sprints first looking at the prior authorization process. So the leadership identified um, some of their the biggest known pain points and prior auth is right up there. <laughs> and so we started with that as our first thematic thematic sprint. From there, we went to the inpatient experience. And just last week, we wrapped up the outpatient experience. And the ideas that have come from these three are being funneled into our accelerator. The idea around the We Solve Sprint is really twofold. One, our hypothesis is this can be used as a tool for engagement to help combat provider burnout. We, in, across the country, are losing the equivalent of seven medical schools grad, graduating classes a year in healthcare systems. So people that are choosing to not go into medicine at all or people that are employed by hospitals or health systems like a Mass General that are leaving the direct patient care and going to other places of employment because it's just, I mean, no, no one's happy with healthcare right now. Patients aren't happy with their experience. Providers are saying, this is not why I got into medicine. And they can, they can be engaged with their clinical knowledge elsewhere. But that's a huge loss for the hospital, and it's a huge financial loss um, when you have uh, an MD that steps away from their role. It's on average about a million dollars to replace them. So there's a business value and a social value. So that million dollars is calculated by loss of, of patient panel, recruitment costs, and then building the patient panel back up to where the, the doc had been prior to leaving. So there's, there's it, the, we're working at that intersection there of business value and social value. And that's, while my career path has been nonlinear, what I have been chasing is that intersection. And it can be really hard to find, particularly in the global health space. Uh, working in domestic healthcare, it's, it's a bit easier to find, but to still, I am a very mission-driven person. So I need to be engaged in, in the mission and the work that we're, that we're doing. That's incredible. You're taking either 
market issues, which were classically trained on, or market pains. But the the point that you brought up that I love is is solving provider burnout because they, you know, they have an experience within their role, and if they're frustrated, clearly that's going to lead to you know them being burnt out. But by pulling them in and having them be a part of the solution, that's just incredible in identifying what what burdens we can take off of them, whether it be a frustration with in their expertise, area of expertise, or how they could serve patients better and making their life better will will solve a tremendous burden on our healthcare system. Absolutely. And the data shows, and it's not shocking, the more burned out a provider is, the higher likelihood of medical errors. And so this is not only, again, the right thing from a provider experience, the patient experience, but quality of care as well. One interesting thing I wanted to ask you is how how do you find the innovation space globally now that you have that deep comparison to domestically? And what kind of differences do you see in that? Hmm, That's a great question. One of the, our lived experience right now, pivoting seven plus years of success overseas in low resource settings to an organization like Mass General is a story that I'm so thrilled we get to tell and really debunk the sometimes or very misperceived notion that low resource settings means tier two or not as good, which we know is not the case, but we now have the opportunity to, to really shine a light on that. And up to now, there have been solutions that have come out of our work that have been trialed in Uganda and at Mass General with nearly identical results in, in efficacy and improving care. So the more that we can have instances like that, it helps us tell the story that these working in low-resource settings does not mean tier two or substandard. It's just, it actually, we've had a lot of our approach and design principles to be affordable were not just exercise over there. That was how you had to do it. Truly minimal viable product with the environments that you're working in and affordability were utmost of importance. And that's not always the case here in the U.S. market. And we don't have the data to show that we're any better for spending more money. In fact, we're one of the most expensive health systems and we don't have the health outcomes to demonstrate that spending more money equals better outcomes. We're some of the most unhappy, over-medicated people in the world, and yet we're spending more money on our health system than, than the vast majority of other countries in the world. So I would say that's a, a story that we're really excited to, to crusade. And some similarities that we've seen is the bell curve of, of adapters and people who understand the value of a design thinking approach of bringing people from a variety of backgrounds together and the value of people's experiences being different and and coming together and looking at a problem. Not everyone believes that, and you can certainly have your naysayers who go, well, that will never work. That's never going to happen. Those aren't the right people to be working with. And I think that's, we've seen that to be true, whether it's India, Uganda, or, or here in the U.S. And how do you think about the teams and, and people and when you're forming a, a team that's executing, whether it be you know, globally or domestically, what are the key characteristics that you look for? So our, the team formation has been totally organic in our process. So um, in the hackathon model under Camtech, people voted with their feet to come in and spend their weekend addressing a specific theme. And those ranged from everything from road safety in Uganda to 
access to healthcare for the urban poor in India, to a few events we did hold here around public health crises, such as the opioid epidemic and gun violence prevention. And so people vote with their feet to come together. And what I think is really cool with this is you have people who are who don't self-identify as innovators, who come because they're passionate about the subject matter that we're addressing. And often you have people with imposter syndrome saying, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I want to contribute somehow to gun violence prevention or the opioid epidemic or whatever the subject might be. And so we work really hard to, to lower the bar and make these events seem welcoming so that folks will, will come. And we're doing the same within Mass General. It's a similar, you, you could have someone who's incredibly trained, highly trained clinical expert who's saying, well, I'm not a techie person. I'm not a innovator. I'm not a, in terms of a digital hardware software, there's, so we're trying, there's a lot of innovation that happens within Mass General around therapeutics, less so around hardware, software, or system developments. And CamTech's approach has always been solutions agnostic, as long as you're solving for that need up front. So we say high tech, low tech, no tech. We don't care what the it is, as long as you're solving for a need. So people come together in these rooms really organically. And what we, in our pilot this year as Springboard Studio, it's been really fascinating to see who votes with their feet to come. A We Solve Sprint includes three in-person sessions who are frequent flyers. We have people already raising their hands saying, I don't care what the subject matter is, I want to come to the next one. And that is really the culture of innovation that we're trying to foster and helping people who are like-minded in this sense um, find each other. You know, Mass General is an enormous organization, and so helping innovators and people who, who see the value of design thinking in, in healthcare find each other and be engaged in this way to identify challenges in patient care delivery and, and be engaged as much as they're able to solve for them. It comes back to your values around social value and business value. It's almost as if Springboard Studio is at the intersection of that, and I think you're creating layers of value in that the so you could even say the social value is getting that microcosm of folks together to discuss a social issue and social could be providers having a hard time in their role and leading to burnout it's really you're changing the fabric of mgh through what you're doing and bringing people together and that inherently has potential business value right exactly that's amazing exactly yeah. so the the goal is really twofold here the engagement piece of providing this outlet, really, constructive outlet to be engaged in a, a human-centered design thinking process to identify needs and be engaged in solving for them. And then the actual outputs. So there, the actual design process or the, the events is, is one piece. And then the dotted line of what could come out of those is another to actually solve for some of these challenges. And there's certainly, uh, we hypothesize business value there between future licensing deals or new codes or, or what have you that actually improve the workflow as in the, the patient provider experience that we're, we're trying to solve for. And, you know, one of the questions that we really love to ask, since you've seen so much globally, so much domestically, you have created that nonlinear path of innovation and one of the pioneers of, of many of the different things that we talk about today, human-centered design, sprint methodologies, hackathons, and you've repeated that pattern to a point, you know, where Springboard Studios has launched. What are the key, what would you say the three things that you'd recommend to aspiring entrepreneurs or folks that are looking to innovate? What would you recommend to them? Yeah, I think I'd start with get the need right. I mentioned that earlier, but 
it's the number one reason why startups don't make it is they don't have that need right. So talk to people, get on the ground, whatever you need to do to get as close to the data source as you can be, do that and make sure you have the need right from the start. It could change and pivot and be open to that, but the needs assessment upfront to make sure you're solving for a real need is, is really important. Second, I'd say product market fit. You might have the need right, then it's solving it in a way that makes sense for your target audience or your target demographic. You could have the need right, but your delivery isn't quite right for that demographic. And so the product market fit, it's much like how we pivoted Camtech's hackathon model to this We Solve Design Sprint. That's same inputs, addressing similar needs, but different delivery. So it was a product market fit to fit within Mass General's uh, culture and workplace. And third, I'd say on our team, we talk about A team and B idea. There are folks that are, that are just going to be gritty and really stick with something and and entrepreneurship and navigating these really uncharted waters can be tough. And there are days where you're thinking that there is just a mountain ahead of you that you will not be able to climb. Choose those people over someone that comes in with the, the polished idea that might sound incredible, but the person behind it might not be the right fit for this type of journey. And with that, you know, when you're able stay away from jerks, no jerk policy. Always a good thing. That, that's always a great policy, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It is, but sometimes surprising <laughs> when you see people's true colors come out. Like, right, geez. right. Well, I love yeah. your uh, I love your three pieces of advice. You know, make sure you understand the need appropriately. Talk to the folks that you serve. Right, whom I call it, whom you serve, but who you know, whoever has that particular problem or need or identifying those opportunities, create kind of that delivery, understand the product market fix, you're going to end up to need to deliver that solution, service, or product, and, you know, understanding that and how that can be results in experience or can be consumed or, you know, is in the environment, and then find, you know, find the people with grit that can overcome the barriers that we always see in, in whether it be an idea or a startup to be able to push I call it up over or through, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever your challenges are. Yes. So this has been amazing, Sandra. This has given us so much knowledge around innovation and looking, you know, how uh, Camtech was founded and how that really translated now into Springboard Studio and and just the incredible things you're doing in in healthcare because we know how challenging it is. Yes. Not only to identify that need, but make the impact that we're looking to, to make. And I, I love the values that you brought forth. You know, hey, let's really think about the social value and the you know, spectrum that we could look at there, but also think about how that can, can translate into to business value. So couldn't thank you enough for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. 